0: All right, kids. All right, kids. Class is in session. Now, what have you guys been up to, my little freedom writers? Writing in your journals all summer? I hope you got some great stories to tell. What about what about you, Andre? What happened to you all summer?
1: Well, you know, nothing too out of the ordinary. Came home one day. Uh, house was basically abandoned. Nobody was home, so... You know, I spent most of my summer just scavenging for food. Uh, ate a rat. Uh, you know, and then there was, you know, that couple of weeks that I think I got hooked on heroin. I'm not quite sure what was in the needle that I was injecting myself with, but it, I, it wasn't too bad. I eventually shook it off, and uh, then I spent the rest of the summer working at Arby's. So,
0: okay, wow, Arby's, yeah. Well, that's ain't that nice.
1: Roast beef is great, you know. If you ever love want a sandwich, roast
0: beef. love the roast beef, Andre. So happy for you. Glad you're back. Glad you're back. Thanks. Who else we got here? Uh, uh, um, oh, 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 oh. Eva Benitez, my favorite little Latina. What happened to you all summer?
1: Well, yeah, just a little hazy on some of the details. I remember somebody threw me in a trunk, and then I was in Mexico for maybe about four weeks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I was kidnapped. I'm not quite sure how all of that ended up working out, but somehow I found my way back to the city, and uh, you know, the last couple of weeks uh, I've been working at this embroidery shop downtown.
0: Okay, wow! A little cross-country trip. Get to Get to see the world.
1: Yeah, well, I spent and a lot of it in the truck. a, a little
0: embroidery on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. How about you, Marcus, my favorite little forty-one-year-old in the back? How about you?
1: Uh, How was your summer? I don't know, Teach. I don't know if I really have anything to share. You know, it was pretty, what? pretty low-key uh, summer for me. You uh, know, Marcus,
0: you look me in the eyes. You are a freedom writer. Hmm. You take that book, you open it up, and you. You show me what happened to you this summer, Marcus, little freedom writer.
1: Well, I guess, you know, let's uh, let's see. Well, I think I started the summer off. I think I accidentally killed my cousin. You know, we were playing GoldenEye and I told him not to be agile. He just won't stop. You know, he just kept coming out of the the ducks and all that shit. And I was just like, look, bro, if you do that one more time, we're going to have we're going to have some problems. But, you know, he he, he just wouldn't quit it. So I hit him over the head with the controller and and then he didn't get up, you know. So uh, after that, I had to leave the state for a little bit, Uh, was, you know, doing some some hand modeling. Made some pretty good money doing that. Yeah, you know, I, I lost a finger doing a, a wood rack. So I was doing some landscaping also on the side. Yeah, I, I guess why, see why they wouldn't want to keep me on for head modeling after that. But you know, eventually it worked out, and I and I ended up finishing the summer cleaning George Clooney's pool. So, you know.
0: Okay. Wow. Looks like Marcus learned all about consequences. Oh, you guys, you guys amaze me. You amaze me. You guys learned about freedom, consequences, and world travel this year. This year will be the freest class of all.
1: We love you, Miss Corral.
0: I love you, too.
2: Can't save us. We don't want to be saved. We can't save us. We don't want to be saved. We can't save us. We don't want to be saved. We can't save us. We don't want to be saved. We can't save us. We don't want to be saved. We can't save us. We
3: don't want to be saved.
1: We can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is a podcast where we deconstruct these white savior films and we recontextualize them through a black and PLC lens. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we we got we got great guests and a real shitty movie this week, which is I mean that's that's kind of how we get down. I'm not necessarily yeah, yeah. you know if you if you've made that's it this far brand. with us, you know yeah you know what's up. That's the brand. Um,
0: great guests.
1: Yeah. Shitty movies. Yeah. So you Makes know you great like, content. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um and yeah let's 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 go ahead and jump our guests in here uh asap so we can we can get to this foolishness. Um very excited cuz this week we have two people who when we, we were thinking about starting the show this is one of the shows that I was listening to and I was kind of like this is this is what I want this to be like this kind of energy uh yeah. just you know <laughs> black black people talking <laughs> about movies. It's chaotic. It's <laughs> It's, it's got a lot going on, um, and they've been doing it for a while. They've been doing this since 2016, so, I mean, salute to you guys, because it's it's, yeah, it's a grind. Bro, we, bro, we know man. how that goes. Thank you. Um, but coming to us um, from the Medium Popcorn podcast, we have Brandon Collins and Justin Brown.
4: Hey, hey, what's up, y'all? What's, what's, up?
1: what's up?
3: Holla, holla, hey, holla. What's, what's holla, up, holla? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I want to talk a little bit about your show, which I love, and I think... Oh, thank you, man. You know, yeah, for us, I mean, obviously, you know, very well just being in the podcast space, black people talking about movies, niggas talking about movies, you know what I mean? Like it is a situation where like, you know, you you look around and there's there's a good amount. Right. But like in the in the totality of podcasts, it's like a very small drop. And I think, you know, the fact that one, you guys have been around since 2016. Right. Yep. So that's Mm -hmm. like that's a minute. You know, specifically in in, in podcasting, because there's there's a lot, but a lot of them come and go real quick. You know, Mm -hmm. what I mean, like people get 10, 15 episodes in and it's kind of like, that was fun. Yeah, it's a wrap. Um, But just just tell us a little bit about your show, but also like the the idea behind it, like what made you guys want to get into this and has kept you going all this time?
3: Brandon, you want to start that off? Uh, You you started, yeah,
4: yeah, sure. Um, So Justin and I known each other for a long time, um, since like the late two thousands, and um, and I had started Medium Popcorn as a podcast by myself, just talking about movies. I've been talking about movie news and like review, like uh, you know, give a few reviews of stuff i watched and i realized really quickly that's incredibly lonely and being the only child i'm like i don't want. i i got friends i could do this with somebody else and uh justin had been wanting to start a podcast for a while and so he and i we were like talking about what the show could be you know it's just gonna be kind of just because we can shoot the shit about anything so we were just like oh we could just use the movie as a backdrop and then talk about whatever you know you know being nets or whatever we have in our about our lives into the episodes and that's essentially what the show eventually evolved into. Initially it was kind of like, Oh, we're just going to talk about a bunch of movies that have a similar theme and really getting the nitty gritty of the films. And now it's become more of like the film is, like I said, the film is the backdrop. And then we just like talk about our lives and how we relate to whatever we watched or how much we hate whatever we watched and, (laughs) and why we hated it. Um, (laughs) So it's been, it's been great. Uh, I think to your point, um, Jordan, about being like black in this podcast space, especially in a film critic circle. It's very, it's very white, (laughs) it's very white and it's very hard to. It kind of feels like when you go to like a film critic circles, like, you know, film festivals or like um, networking events that it's it's like middle school where everyone's in their clique and no one wants to meet anyone Mm -hmm. new. But it's just it just Mm -hmm. happens to be 90% of those people are older white people. And so Justin and I are just always on the on the outside, just like, well, Well, I mean, at least we're here, but like no one's fucking with us. So we're not fucking with anybody else. We're just going to keep doing our thing. Um, and that's right. what media and popcorn and is then, it's just like us doing our own thing.
3: For instance, like when we were at the Toronto Film Festival and uh, and we were escorted out of a location. No, 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 I'm sorry. that wasn't Toronto. I'm sorry. That was no, in New uh, York. That was that, Warner, uh, that was for uh Matrix. Matrix. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Toronto Film Festival. Um, yeah, the, the, the when the, the Matrix uh, screening and um, and basically it just seemed like the young lady downstairs didn't uh, believe that we were film critics, uh, then we and then we ha- our contact actually called like, no, these guys are good. Let them in. We go upstairs and sit down and then she Like, you know, right before the movie starts, she comes running in and she's just like, I still haven't confirmed that you guys are allowed to be here. I'm going to need you guys to get your stuff and step outside with me. And then, so in, again, the screaming in front of everyone, we are asked to get up and walk outside to immediately be told, oh, you're fine. And then we have to make the walk of shame back in. And it was just like, oh, word, word. It's like, oh, just wait till we have a talk about this fucking terrible movie, anyhow. But oh, like, boy. it was, yeah, that's that's what the industry is like, and you know, it sucks. But you know, at the same time, we go through this, you know, to make it a little bit easier for for the people behind us to come. So you know, it's necessary.
1: For sure. Well, I mean, that sounds wild, but also, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. you can see it. Like I, I could just imagine the scenario playing out in my head. Like it's not. It's one of those things that, you know, black people tell each other and you're just like, damn. Okay. Yeah. No, I can. It tracks, though. It tracks.
4: The craziest yeah. thing about it, though, is like these studios invite me to the screenings. They're like, hey, you want to come to these screenings? You got, you know, mm-hmm. uh, do you want to bring your co-hosts? I'm like, sure. And so it's like it's not like I'm actively going out to them because if I want screeners, I'll yeah. just get online screeners. If I'm going to right. an actual mm-hmm. yeah. in-person screening, y'all better treat me well. Like, they gave us free, <laughs> they gave us free popcorn, but it was still like, mm, Oh, wait, actually, that screen, they didn't give us free popcorn. Damn. No, they did. Not oh, at the bottom, sounds, there was a screening yeah. I went to that did give me free popcorn. That's what I felt like. Oh,
1: this is how you treat it, nigga. Um, <laughs> this, this, I made it. <laughs> I think the movie still sucked, though. But uh, yeah. Well, before we talk about this movie, that uh, that definitely does suck. Uh, I want right. to play a quick game with y'all because me and Cameron have been trying to decide a few things. And we feel like you guys are, are great judges of this. Because obviously our, our show is all about white savior films, but there's some that sometimes fall on a line that we're just kind of like, is that does this qualify? Should we be talking about this? So I'm gonna throw a few at you guys and I want you to let me know if this falls within the white savior spectrum. So the first one, this was this was brought to us by our friend Brent from the Home Video Hustle Podcast. Is Kazam a white savior film? He does literally break Shaquille O'Neal's no, chains. No, it's it's not. It's and, um
4: isn't it a magical negro? It's literally a magical negro movie because yeah, doesn't yeah. that little white boy die and
1: then he like saves him? I feel like that, that does, does happen, happen. but then but then at the end he free, he literally frees Shaquille O'Neal from the boombox, right? Uh, yes. yeah, but, but at the same time, <laughs> and you just and Shaquille O'Neal, O'Neal all over
4: again just hearing that. <laughs>
3: I mean, I, I I would still say it's more of a magical Negro film, okay? Uh, because also, like you know, within that movie, uh, Will Smith is teaching this kid how to be cool Will and all Smith. that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, Will Smith, I'm sorry, well, I got Will Smith it's on the on brain, day, on the mind, yeah. and also I'm thinking Genie, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So so Shaq is also teaching that kid how to be cool and all this other shit. So like I think this is for I think it's more magical Negro than it is white savior. Okay. But I can see how you can make that. Uh, yeah, yeah. You compare. But that also
4: up. that little kid was like racially ambiguous. You know, he's played like a Mexican <laughs> dude on like Veronica Mars. So, I I, yeah, I would say magical Negro.
1: Okay. <laughs> Next film, and this is kind of where because because we're playing not fast and loose, but like because of how the studio presented it, the question gets raised. Dragon Ball Evolution. Now that Goku is white. I mean, but he does have a nigga tail. Like, <laughs> like he's a monkey.
3: <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> um, I mean, because the Saiyans are the niggas of the, of the anime <laughs> world. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so- going to say. No, I'm going to say it's not a, a, a it's not a white savior film. Only because they they whitewashed Goku enough to the point where like it was just a white film a- as a whole. <laughs> it was just completely white film. I mean, th- I mean that movie was also god fucking awful. And yeah. like I I think that's one of the movies that we when we did that one I got so angry because I'm a huge <laughs> fan of the yeah, really Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Uh, a franchise that, like, I literally just went off on that. My son got up and just walked out of the room on that yeah, film. He was two years old. He was just like, Nope, <laughs> not this bullshit. He could feel it. Mm-hmm. He didn't even understand what's going on. He was just like, Uh uh-uh, uh, not today. Mm. He's like, Daddy, the vibes wow. are off. <laughs> I don't even remember the movie uh, enough
4: to know if it's a white savior movie. It it does star too with the whitest people. In Hollywood, Justin uh, <laughs> Chatwin and Emmy Rosen, who I love Emmy Rosen, but I was just like, Are these, I remember Justin, I reviewed a movie. I'm like, Are these two supposed to be Asian? And he's like, Yes. She's in the Dragon yes. Ball movie?
3: Yes. Yeah, she's, yes, she, uh, is.
4: she plays yeah. Boma. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild. All right. The casting choices they right. made.
1: All right. Last one. Uh, friend of your show, Denzel Washington. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Hurricane. Oh, and that white family, a white, a, uh, white fa- a white family does rescue Denzel Washington from jail. A Canadian. There's a black wait, child. Wait, involved. Is, don't they have a black oh, yeah. uh, does they have a black adopted son who's the one that like spearheads. They him? have a they have a black adopted okay. son who starts writing to Denzel Washington in jail and they form a relationship and cuz like the the white adopted family are lawyers. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "Yo, can we get this nigga out of jail?" And he's like, "I think so." And then... <laughs> I, I guess
3: what what I'm gonna do is uh I'm gonna give my idea of whether this is or not uh by singing a song uh and that is the theme song to Smallville Somebody say <laughs> <laughs> I think that should say one <laughs> <Oof. laughs>
1: Uh, Brandon,
4: what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna say yeah, it kind of is because if I if memory serves correct, like Liev Schreiber was one of the white people, and that's like
3: yeah,
4: yeah. a white tall dude, like you know he's yeah. <laughs> I, 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 all I remember from that movie is one Denzel having the scene where he's talking to the glass that got him the Oscar nomination, but then just a bunch of white yeah. people working to get him out of jail. So I'm gonna go <laughs> white Savior. <singer. laughs> yeah.
0: For oh. sure.
1: Boy, all right. All right. Well, that's one that we, I mean, it's on our list, so we can definitely, definitively check that off. <laughs> that's uh, probably going to be the only still, uh... White
0: Savior movie on our list that has a Little Brother song on the soundtrack.
1: Oh, wow. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the soundtrack for this movie. Let's go ahead and just talk about this movie. Uh, I <laughs> Justin and Brandon, we we we, <laughs> t- we gave you a list of options. Um, we had just watched radio, and so we were a, a little sensitive, a little raw. We didn't really want to be heard again anytime soon. And so you guys presumably landed soft, but seemingly this movie took a hard left turn. Uh, What movie did you choose for us to watch this week?
4: Yeah, we uh, we chose Freedom Riders um, just because I I personally advocated for it because I hadn't seen it since it first came out. Um, And I remember this is like around the time when everyone was like, is Hillary Swank hot or not? And then um, Mm -hmm. I just like knowing the the theme of your podcast. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like the ultimate white savior movie because Patrick Dempsey, who's barely in the movie and Hillary Mm -hmm. Swank are like front (laughs) and center
1: in all promo material. And it's like, but yeah, it's supposed to be about it. the kids. And I'm like, OK, yeah, you this is, it. it's going to be wild. Yeah, it Was pretty wild. So, I mean, you you saw this movie when it came out, Brandon, what was your?
4: Oh, I, I remember hating it in the movie. I remember hating it when I saw it in the theater because I the editing is all over the place in this movie. Like, you don't know which way is up. You don't know how much time has passed. I didn't know these kids by the end of the movie are already sophomores in high school because some of these motherfuckers <laughs> look like they were 35. And that leads me to oh, uh, oh so God. and watching this for the second time. And I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole in this. I discovered there. So there's like, you know, the the, the gang rivalries between the blacks, the Latinos, the Asians and right. the classroom, the first classroom, see what Hilly Swank. I'm like, I don't think I'm being racist by thinking that little Asian kid looks like the same Asian bully from Cobra Kai. And then I looked yep. him up and Joe Seo has been playing a high school, high schooler for the past 16 plus years. This mm-hmm. is a crime. This, this make it work. I mean, he's making it work, but this is this is uncomfortable. He literally has a and role 34 in thirty-four
3: years
1: old.
4: Yes, he's over thirty years old. Beating up high school kids on camera.
1: Look, first of all, first of all, great agent, right? right. Mm-hmm. If your agent's able to still get you those parts all these years later, like somebody's doing their job correctly. I need to and talk and Also, uh, Asian don't uh, reason. You
3: know, that's
1: right. <laughs> that is correct. Um, justin Cameron is this the first time you guys have seen this movie yes 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 oh, man. why would i have ever watched this <laughs> boom so used to be kind of
4: hot
3: maybe i don't know <laughs> that ain't
0: it People Listen, make bad that ain't if i it. wanted to see mario
3: act i would have watched one of his videos, and I don't watch. Mario I would have rather watched Step Up to see Mario act in this. <laughs> like this is. And we, we I'm going to tell you from we experience. That that-
4: no, you wouldn't.
0: <laughs> no,
3: I,
4: I, I don't want to talk about Step Up, but I can. I, I can defend that movie. I can
1: defend that movie. Can, right you right can you know? I can you <laughs> know? For those who don't know, Freedom Riders is a movie that came out in 2007. It is in the teacher vein. Right, so think about like, um, obviously, dangerous minds. Which is this is this is dangerous minds. Part this is dangerous minds from Splenda. (laughs) This is like (laughs) This this is diet dangerous minds. You know, but also you got your lean on me's, and you got your um. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about the principal and some of those. Got where... to yeah. <laughs> <You gotta laughs> drop a clue bomb for the principal. Yeah, got to drop a
3: clue bomb for the substitute. Oh, yeah. substitute, the classic. Substitute. That's a oh, kill right. them kids.
4: It's so
0: bad. All is all business business.
3: So not a game.
0: He killed all those Spanish oh. kids. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Threw them out the window.
1: Um. This is this is a 2007 movie that's directed by and written and directed by Richard uh, Le um Stars Hilary Swank and Patrick Dempsey, and then just a bunch of kids. the way that it's been <laughs> described. Right. If you listen to the director and all the other people talk, is that this was a movie they sought out non actors, kids who had never acted before, you and you know they wanted that feel. Even though you know, again, Mario's in it and he's. <laughs> not not Mario at this time like he's very much so Mario so it's not like he's an unknown but everybody else mostly unknowns and and kids who who hadn't really acted before um it's based on the 1990 book The Freedom Writer's Diary uh, by teacher Aaron Guerrero this is a true story true true Mm -hmm. um story about these kids and their their struggles at Woodrow Wilson High School in Long Beach California um a few fun things it's Produced by Danny DeVito. Don't don't ask me how. He oh, got that makes I'm sense because didn't uh, his
4: wife at the time do a uh, Sunset Park? So yeah, that that checks out.
3: Yep, that's true. Yeah, it's time to get live. It's time to represent <laughs> Sunset Park. What time is it? <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I, had a... <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that.
1: <laughs> it had a budget of twenty one million dollars. Uh, anybody want to guess the box office? Oh, I'm, I know how
3: much it made.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> Cam?
0: It made, I'm going to say
1: like $30, 30 million. $43 million, $43.1 mm-hmm. million. So definitely it doubled its budget. Success. They,
4: they aver- I, I don't I, know They how. advertised the shit out of this on MTV. I remember that at the time. They, because and it, it is an MTV Yeah, film, They advertised so. the shit out of it. I remember they kept showing the scene with Mario crying in the hallway. And Hillary swing at the end <laughs> smile like, Oh, shucks. I saved you little brown people. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I still went to see it because I was a teacher at the time. You know, I was getting my uh, my bachelor's in adolescent education. So I was like, oh, I'll go check out this movie. And then I hated every moment of it.
1: Mm. Now,
3: no, it's as as funny. The kids
1: that you oh yeah, ahead,
3: no, because I was about to say uh, when I was in college, I uh, I worked at a school as well with like at, at risk uh, kids. So like. This one like kind of hit home for me, you know, dealing with kids who were like everybody was like, well, most likely they're not going anywhere, right. uh, but you know, but obviously I wasn't a white lady, you know, so like <laughs> <laughs> things were a lot different. But I did work under a similar kind of you know good to do white lady who wanted to do mm. right by these kids, kind of thing. So like you right. know, I saw a lot of I'm I'm gonna drop her name, Miss McInerney. In uh oh in uh in this woman uh here so which it, part of it was just like oh man and also part of it was rather amusing because because that young because that lady the woman I worked with this, uh, was a character. Well, I mean
4: Hillary Swank's <laughs> real person, like Aaron grew up like when you see like the the end and the they talk about where all the like the, some of the kids were successful, she followed mm-hmm. these kids to college. Like this is there's something sinister yeah. going on here. Yeah, she was this fucking up kids. kids.
1: <laughs> <Allegedly>,
4: <laughs> I was gonna say this has some
1: uh, some Mr. Feeny vibes from uh, Boy Meets World, so right? You know, I'm just gonna be right? for life, like. <laughs> but, but, but hold on,
3: okay, okay, can I can I just say something? I'm just I'm gonna be the one. Okay, the real life, uh, Aaron uh, Agru- Gruel, mm. she could have got it. He could have got it. My man is like shooting a shot
0: on our podcast. Major, major
3: guns on this young lady. <laughs> she was stacked up. She was she was triple stacked like a fucking Baconator. All the, the, yo, she was, I was just like, I saw, I saw, I said, let me see, I said, oh, okay. I said, wait a second, I I did a little Googling. I saw a a (laughs) young Aaron, I said, oh, well, excuse me. No wonder those kids want you all the way through college.
1: just saying well i mean you might you might still have it i don't know if she got she got divorced in the movie she might still be you know out here Mm-mm. in the you asked not me? Uh, me. I'm,
3: a, I, I'm a mad man i can't be doing that i can't be doing that I can't <laughs> can't <laughs> you be doing it. for
0: jobs early i wish i would have told you to throw in the who is this double-cheeked up on a tuesday afternoon <laughs> teaching these kids my god
3: Hella ass! Is out. <laughs> bring me that teacher. But
1: so <laughs>
3: I said bring, bring me, me that teacher.
1: <laughs> well, Cam, you are gonna try to sum this movie up in five minutes. All There's right. a lot happening. But I feel like I believe in you. You know, uh it's a positive space over here. I'm gonna get this timer set up and then go. Alright, so
0: not that a movie has to show you the lead in the first frame to understand that they're the lead, but this movie starts and ends not with the lead. <laughs> it starts and ends with Eva Benitez. Ava. Ava Benitez. Sorry, uh, and she's telling us how hard it is to be a youth in the heavily segregated, gang-riddled uh, Long Beach, California, in 1994. Right. So Ava goes to Woodrow Wilson High School, a school once known for its educational excellence and acclaim but ever since you know that pesky voluntary integration infiltrated the schools and heightened racial tensions along with the uh, you know the LA riots at the time the school has been in steady decline like it's so bad that one day the entire student body rushes out into the halls and just starts fighting each other game of thrones style like <laughs> not kidding everyone just starts fighting everyone and the teachers are like obviously not in control which is a surprise because um the principal is bunny colvin from the wire (laughs) wearing like the worst wig (laughs) my god his wig is like it's like plasticine that was like gooped onto his head uh all right so one night and listen up by the way because this is the actual driving plot of the movie and if and if you're not watching you might miss it um so Ava is at the local corner store one night with her boyfriend, Paco, who is a gang member. Cindy, another girl from school, to, uh, the Asian girl from school, the one Asian girl from school. And some of her gang friends are hanging around doing some hood rat shit. And uh, also Grant, one of the black kids who goes to school, is playing an arcade game. And he gets pissed because he lost. So he demands a refund. And with all this tension in the air, shit was bound to pop off, of course. So boom. of uh, Remembering that fight from earlier, Paco remembers that and he sees Grant and he's like on sight. Um, so Grant's storming out the shop, Paco pulls up with him on a get, drive-by go wrong. He ends up killing Cindy's boyfriend. Now Ava is a witness to the crime, so she has to uh, she has to testify eventually. We'll get to that way later when the movie decides to get to that uh now enter aaron Gruwell, a precocious steadfast young teacher who's come to teach english but she hasn't come to sing bob dylan songs or attempt to teach these kids karate no her <laughs> power lies in the written word and her can-do attitude all right so aaron's first couple of days are pretty rough the head teacher at the school doesn't have much faith in her she's repeatedly telling her she ain't gonna be shit the junior senior english teacher tells her she ain't never gonna be shit uh, her classroom is literally a representative from every neighborhood, and they all hate each other, sending scowls across the room like paper airplanes. And, of course, we got, so, of course, we got Ava, and we got uh, the other Latina girl, Gloria, and we got, uh, oh, we got Andre, who's played by Mario, who's supposed to be the toughest kid in the classroom? Mad question there. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's I thought Jamal. the kid uh,
4: that perpetually was making a poo face was the one that... Uh... Was the right, other kids. Yeah. the one that was living no, in the? I, I,
0: I thought Mario was the one was supposed to be like, "What you say about my family?" Like every time somebody nah. came at him, he was like,
3: "Miss me with that." I think know? the kid. I think the kid who who uh watched his friends shoot himself when he was oh like God. fucking eight years old <laughs> this is the problem. <laughs> yeah, Mario wasn't
4: tough. All you had to do was put pencils up his big nostrils. It'd be you would be taking it. Oh Jesus Christ, Brandon. I'm just you're, How dare, you're,
0: I mean, you're right. There was there was Marcus, Marcus the older black kid who looked like he was 43. Yeah. There was him. Uh-huh. And there's Cindy who's Cambodian, and that's it. And then uh there's Brandy, who is the black girl who's really smart and strong, and also a bunch of other ones that we meet. <laughs> um, but don't worry about that because the movie doesn't care about their interpersonal relationships or anything beyond stereotypical representations of them. So we're too focused on Aaron's efforts to try to get these kids to to read, despite the broken down systems around them. All right. So she teaches poetry through Tupac in a horrible scene. Uh the kids wrap it back to her like they're on an episode of Death Poetry Jam. Uh She then tries to get them books that aren't torn to shit, but then she ends up buying them a copy of a, uh, buy some copies of this book written by a former gang member. And all of a sudden the kids want to read in class. Uh, A picture of Jamal gets with these abnormally large random lips is circulated throughout the class by a Latino kid. And while Jamal tries to keep from crying, Aaron goes on a rant about racist drawings and how they were circulated by the Nazis during World War II and the Holocaust. And everybody in the class, except for the white kid up front, was like, what's the Holocaust? And Aaron was like, oh. she clutches the pearls and she has them read the diary of Anne Frank. It's a bit. <laughs>
4: yep. She doesn't tell about it, so that girl goes crazy. <laughs> she,
0: she literally was just like, the Holocaust was terrible. Here's how uh she gets she gets the idea that for them to re, uh, you know record their grievances in into journals and that'll be the way that they made their grade because they obviously can't read this movie as well uh, they go on a field trip to the museum of tolerance and they learn tolerance they actually leave that place learning mm-hmm. tolerance Oh yeah. Let's
1: try Caleb. Yeah.
0: It, there's a lot going on in this movie. Like each scene is like yeah. something
1: new and weird. You get, you're getting close though. I'm almost there. Take us
0: up, take us up. All right. So the Holocaust inspires these kids to uh it, it inspires them so much that they take it into their, their sophomore year. So they come back to school, and when they come back to school, they have a toast for change where they vow not to let their surroundings define them. Uh and the black girl says she's strong. Uh, Aaron's working two jobs to fund her class now and yeah. invite and they're trying to invite the woman who the very woman who housed Anne Frank during the Holocaust, they invite her to Long Beach to talk about tolerance. Uh, but it works and she's like, you can all be heroes just like David Bowie and they're like a uh, door. Sure. And Eva takes that and she's like, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing when I go to court that one day. And I'm going to testify and tell him that Paco shot Cindy's boyfriend, which he does. And she gets like a little threatened, but like nothing really happens to her. She just ends up moving in with her aunt. And then Aaron's husband, meanwhile, is like, you've been giving all these kids all these books and not giving your loving, your sweet loving to me, Hillary Swank. I'm out of here and they get divorced in the like most unseasoned divorce scene I've ever seen. Like, literally,
3: now, it, if, if if I was the real husband of uh of, of Miss uh Aaron uh Gruwell, I'm pretty sure I would be upset as well if she wasn't bringing those guns home to me <laughs> on a nightly guns basis. Home? <laughs> them guns, you know, why are you like, these,
4: Why are you driving these children home? I know what you're doing with your guns. <laughs>
0: too busy clapping them erases i need to clap them cheeks what are you doing
3: exactly bring it back home.
0: all right so we got the literally like the last like 20 minutes of the movie are these kids she gets divorced she moves in with her dad and uh aaron is like and the kids are like no teach like you got to teach us for our junior and our seniors and she's like nah the teachers told me i ain't shit, and i'm not supposed to teach y'all for like junior senior years it's not how it works and they're like we're gonna fight and they like raise some money and it works out she could teach the classroom she could teach the class during their junior and senior year and she takes those uh buried journals that uh you know they've been writing in for their basically their entire high school lives at this point and turns them into the freedom writers diaries and they read them and they read you these like really weird like snippet stories of their life like you said earlier Marcus is like, I was chilling with my friend on a bench and he showed me a gun and then he shot himself right in front of me by accident. And I waited with him until the cops showed up. And that's and the then when end the cops of the story. Showed up, they
3: took me to juvie. And they
0: took me <laughs> to juvie. And my life has been strange ever since. I'm also 38. <laughs> like that's the, that's this the, is a, the it's like these really weird like readings of like, you know, my mom did drugs right in front of my face. And now I'm I'm still a kid. I don't know what to do with my life yeah. while they read it. Like as like the dramatic interpretation of it is happening and behind them. It's like, it's like bad community theater. It's like once I saw a drug needle and it's like behind him is a guy who was like, I was, I was once an accountant and now I'm
4: nothing. Well, yeah. Isn't that what uh, Patrick Dempsey's character kept saying? He was like, He's like, I wanted to be an architect, architect yeah. but now I can't. Go I wanted to-, to be an architect, <laughs> and now
0: I'm trying to support your dreams, Aaron.
1: Yeah, look the w- <laughs> the, the part the part where he, where she comes in and she's like telling them about the kids, and he's like, yeah, 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 I'm yeah, i i I'm trying to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, do you not understand your boy is what I'm communicating the bed to you? Your boy's in the bed
0: yeah. in boxes with chips. Like, mm-hmm. come get this. Come get this. Love it. And she's like, the kid. She's
1: like, you won't believe what Omar did at school today. She, he's like no, like, no, 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 no. Just, I don't think I be hard care about, about you. <laughs> There's only one Omar I care about. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, I mean, just, just this is just a catch-all for the whole movie. but. <laughs> because wow what was this movie started with actual footage of the rodney King yeah. riots i was not expecting that i was <laughs> i was <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just Shit watched just burning black every, people running through the streets i feel like
0: every movie we watch on this podcast should, and should begin with a sepia toned uh <laughs> montage of like black life is great but also like niggas get shot in the street at the same time like <laughs> every
3: day everything like it's, yeah just was, like
0: a picture of a nigga eating pie just like pie is delicious and then like the next shot is like a gangbang like uh, uh dry pie well
3: that's bang. what I'm was so, so
4: crazy sorry. about I'm so the sorry movie. mom <laughs> if it if it's just like it never really stuck with the realism it was trying to convey right like it never talked never. about how like they would do these like fairs and like raise money, but half these kids are still homeless. <laughs> like you could have been using that funds to be like, hey, get yourself some food, get yourself some new clothes, like some new school. Marcus stuff.
0: is literally living in a box. <laughs>
4: yeah. My nigga He's goes to
0: with different outfits every day. He's in a box.
4: He
1: can't afford a haircut. <laughs> He's struggling. <laughs> The mustache was on point though. <laughs> you know, he always had that working. He never, never we, let that. Yo, that out. nigga was a temptation. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: you
1: know, what he yo, told the so old white lady, he was like, "You're my hero." Was, I
3: was like, <laughs> no, bro, that's not the move." So, I, I think one of the <laughs> things about this movie, which kind of really takes me out of it, because they didn't, like, like you said, they didn't, they didn't address the realism of these kids' life. Because one of the actual kids uh that were i guess a part of this program named armand jones was k- killed after filming freedom Writers. yes uh well i guess yeah so he was fatally shot at the age of 18 after a confrontation with the man who robbed jones for a necklace out of denny's so it's just like mm-hmm. you know like wouldn't you want to have some of that you know like like this is their real life in comparison to this work like when when they had the whole thing with mario Right where he goes out, it's right. like it's like that was the opportunity for them to bring. It's like yeah, but there's real life implications outside of this classroom. But they were just like, no, everything's fine. These kids, they no. all leave the gangs. They all just <laughs> become model citizens. No, they
0: literally went to the Museum of Tolerance and they were like, "I tolerate you now."
1: <laughs> they
3: look like look, I hey, mean, my Asian brother,
0: <laughs> my Cambodian brother.
1: Look first. So first, let's let's get through a couple of just very on the nose things right like we said this movie is literally just dangerous minds for yeah. for a new generation like yeah. every single beat even and then there's other movies too because like there's a part in the principal where they walk with the the main character from the principal around and like they're giving him the breakdown of just like oh yeah you know because this is basically like prison so like the cambodians is over here oh yeah and the blacks are over oh, yeah. here and the whites are over here like they do the same thing in this movie mm-hmm. She basically comes in, yeah, it's not Bob Dylan, it's Tupac, even though in dangerous minds the the actual story of that teacher she was using Tupac and not Bob Dylan, but they made it Bob Dylan because white people They would, need to feel safe they, at they wouldn't understand though, that more yeah. <laughs> yep. um, and then like the whole so you know this is this is the evergreen job for this movie because everybody <laughs> classic. Right, That that is probably one of the
3: craziest songs and videos I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) If if you would have
0: told Smokey Robinson that that's the music he would be making in 50 years, he'd probably be like, you know what?
1: I'm out. I'm out. But
0: we need the miracles. He's like, no, I need a miracle to stop doing that shit.
1: (laughs) Smokey, Smokey, I mean, he's on one, though. You see him at these concerts. He's showing out. He's got a a great thing going on. I don't think he really cares about (laughs) yeah he he got he got fuck you money (laughs) yeah
3: yeah for sure even if he looks (laughs) like he looks like a soft sammy sosa (laughs) 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 have you caught the reference of what i just said yeah you you know
1: (laughs) but eric well comes into this school and it's just through her 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 determination positivity her belief in it's all they really just needed was this woman to come in and believe in them because no, everybody in their lives treats them like shit everybody in their lives is either literally trying to kill them <laughs> because they're other gang members or like don't like what's the, the one kid got kicked mm-hmm. out of his house he, he lives right? in a box and, and he had, had, had that to, creepy
4: scene where he goes back to, to mom and he's like mom I want to come home, but he's, like, leading into her, and I'm, and like, my wife yeah. is, like, is he going to kiss his mom?
3: Like, what's happening? <laughs> I'm to be in the gang some more.
1: I'm home to you. i want to be out of these streets. And his mom is just kind of, like, <laughs> yeah. okay?
4: Yeah, the actress acted like she didn't know she was in the movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you don't take these groceries in the house. But there's so many scenes, because they do the whole thing, right? They do the whole thing where it's, like, She's like, yeah, you know, I I really want to connect to you. And they're like, you don't know shit, white lady. You don't know anything about us. You don't know our lives. Fuck you. And then she's just like, okay, but did you know that you're all Nazis? And you're just (laughs) like... No, man. Yo, that scene... (laughs) Whether or It's the
0: funniest (laughs) scene in the movie. It's your boy sees his (laughs) lips in the picture and he's like,
3: I ain't go (laughs) cry
0: I ain't go cry And literally, she picks up the picture
1: and within seconds is like, you're all Nazis. (laughs) And the kids are like... (laughs) Well, the way she gets around to the thing though, because she's just like, you know, once upon a time, in Germany, there are people who are just like you. And they didn't have Mm -hmm. any money. And everybody hated them. And they hated everybody else. And you know what? they're the biggest gang of all, <laughs> and they like, you know, killed everybody, they and like, all the kids are like, hey, yes, bro, yes. like hey, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> tight, hell yeah, hell <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, but they're because she doesn't say the word Nazis. So no, she I'm never does. Not quite sure what she's building up to, but then, and then they give her the whole back and forth, you know, Mario's like, why the fuck should I respect you? Because you a teacher? You don't know shit. And she's just like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> she doesn't really refute it, and then, uh, our girl Ava gives gives what I think is the best line in the movie, where she says,
3: "White people always
4: wanting their respect like they deserve it for free."
1: Ooh. And I was okay. like, yeah, "Yeah, that's
2: that's
4: bars." Like April <laughs> Lee Hernandez, who was a you know beautiful, beautiful woman, uh, but can't act. Uh, she, she I don't think she did anything <laughs> after this. I hope she didn't. This was rough, but uh, she was she was great to look at. But I was like, "Yeah, this is this is not
3: working for me." Damn, damn, Brandon. I know you're coming
4: for <laughs> I'm her. sorry, man. Some of the performances like Imelda Staden. Like, i like, I couldn't stand all any of the performances. Scott Glenn looked like he needed to take a shit the whole yeah. time. Uh oh, your boy um, went when
0: he confronted her about like, no, those kids are mine, junior. They're mine. Like, I, I literally I was like, homeboy, you literally have a stick up your ass. You gotta get it out before you do the takes, man. You gotta, you gotta go to the bathroom or something. Like, whatever's up there, get it out. You look
1: constipated. <laughs> But then also, like, in the previous scene, he was just like, fuck them niggas. Like, they don't know anything. I hate I hate blacks. I don't know if I'm at my school. Every
0: teacher at the school yeah, was, was like, these <laughs> niggas suck.
3: He's like, I, they're scared. I'm the one that's scared. I'm the one that's scared yeah. around these hoodlum-ass these little, little niggas. But, <laughs> hey, man,
0: like, I'd be scared, too, if literally the entire school started fighting each other on a Tuesday. Like, that yeah. scene. That was like Anchorman. See, that was like Anchorman. This is the thing. No, though. I don't like you. I don't like you. Just throw in punches Yo, in directions.
3: You got to. These teachers should have understood. That was an opportunity for them to get their hits off on some of these kids. <laughs> you run up in there and you just start lacing these kids. They, they can't even see you coming because they're too busy fighting. And yeah, you, you just, do throw, the one it out, you just <laughs> throw
0: it out in a random direction. If I catch a kid, it just happens. You know, like I can't be <laughs> out of There you cannibal. go.
3: Yeah. And he he's like, I was trying to break things up, and then, you know, I hit this kid by accident. But I broke his jaw. They're just not taking advantage.
1: <laughs> well, because it's, it's, it's like, all of this happens, and then all of the like, there's no conflict in the movie, right? Because every time Erin decides she wants to do something, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> right? She's like, yo, I'm going to give them journals. Are they going to write in them? Yes. The very next scene, they've all put their journals into her locker and have word out their entire lives to her without all she did was like because there's 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 the scene that everybody loves which is the line game where she's like oh my god she puts a a line of tape in the middle of the room and then she's like you know okay let's start with a fun question like who got the new Snoop Dogg album like who uh who who likes to play basketball who likes to and then she's like uh, who's who's been in a gang? And, and they're like, bitch, I'm not gonna incriminate myself. They, in this really, they really had the
0: nerve to have that whole part of the discussion. Like, who's been in a gang? And they all go, like, mm. And I'm like, wow, we gotta do this. We gotta, we gotta tell or not snitching in the movie, just so you know not to snitch.
1: But then she's like, okay, okay. So well, who's who's had a friend that's been shot? And everybody yeah. everybody except for my favorite character in the movie, until a certain point where I then he was my least favorite character in the movie. But your boy oh Ben, God, oh no, is like the line white game is the ben. line game is great because. Ben the whole time, Ben the only white kid in the class, all they're like, who got the new Snoop Dogg album? Ben's just hanging out. Who who likes to you know, play basketball? Ben's just hanging out. Uh who who's been in a gang? Ben's just hanging out. Who knows how to buy drugs? Ben's like, I know drugs.
3: No, <laughs> but the thing is like Ben j- jumped up. He's just like, shit, drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they won't stitch on themselves. I'm, I'm messing a- my bathtub. <laughs> what are you talking about?
4: But, Jordan, I'm imagining that the your least favorite scene with uh, uh, old Ben was when he showed that little film and at the end he was, like, he was like I didn't think I had courage but I stayed here with you Negroes so that shape means I'm Whoa. strong right Whoa. Like, Whoa. it was so crazy and he was just like nodding my dog, he was like ben. nodding while he was watching like, yeah
3: <laughs> I am brave
4: <laughs> my nigga's put on an X cap
0: called himself Spike by the end of it he's like yup
3: Wait, and he's dapping like, everybody up all proper at the end
1: yes. of it. I was kind of fucking with Ben in the beginning. I was like, all right, like, awkward white kid. Like, he's not, you know, trying to, to be all right, in the right. group. But, you know, he's he's here. He's around. But then that scene, brand new, he's just like, damn, I'm a hero. Like, I really am. <laughs> you know, this is my... Because the whole time I was just like, what's up with Ben, right? Like, everybody, you know, one, one dude's like, yeah, my best friend touched a gun and his, his brain exploded. Oh, my God. And like... <laughs> that scene is fucked up. Every, that scene is just
0: egregious <laughs> to look at. Like it's
1: lit- every every kid is just like, damn. Like you know, imagine the worst thing. Po- like Eva's whole first thing is just like, yeah, you know, one day somebody got shot in front of my house. We-, we were living in a war. You know, everything's bad. You like arrested my dad and like all this stuff. So I was just like, when are we gonna get Ben's story? Like, what's yeah, up with Ben? With and then his whole thing is just like, oh no, I yeah, I really I really should get. Something for for sticking it out because, like, y'all are pretty scary. I don't know if you've seen y'all. Well, you know, I mean, he you, first,
3: but he first starts it out. He was just like, Well, you know, I'm typically the dumbest kid in, amongst the whites, but amongst you guys, yeah, he did kind of say
0: that. <laughs> it, Einstein. I was like... Einstein.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was like, Well, at least I know what the Holocaust is. Because in the scene well, where yo. she's like, Does anybody know what the Holocaust is? Ben's just kind of like, Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe? yeah. Okay. I know white right. history. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about the elephant in the room though
4: with all these students in the story? Like, and it's great that a lot of them did get out of the the hood, go on to get higher education, or like have great careers, right? Mm. She's just an English teacher. When you were in high school, you have like seven plus classes to go through. <laughs> and if she was the yeah. only teacher that really cared, these kids weren't gonna make it.
0: <laughs> like, I want, yeah, I want to see the the math teacher that just tells them you ain't shit and
1: throws tests at them. Here's the thing that's so confusing about this movie, right? So like, it, we're fo- we're hyper focused on this one class, right? You know, so it's not even like it's it's the way that it's presented to us as it's like almost remedial English, right? Because the the Hayden ass teacher above Aaron, who's just like. Books? <laughs> you want me to give those niggas books? <laughs> I <laughs> wouldn't know, do that if like,
3: I were you. know these? <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Mm-mm, no.
0: Take
1: off them pearls, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> these kids yeah, don't that's... know how to read. You know, what I mean, have you seen no, their test just scores? Rip it up. You know, like you're wasting your time. Yeah, they're just gonna roll roll some blunts with the pages. Like this isn't like you know a good a good use of school resources. And so it's like okay like you're saying broden it, it's it's the, the the tricky thing about this movie is like that's it's, it's objectively great right objectively if you're looking at it from the outside it's great that these kids had the opportunity to turn their lives around it's great that there was a teacher who cared about them it's great that she went the extra mile and did all these things for them but like you're saying When they get to the math class, when they get to that that hate-and-ass AP teacher's class, when they get to, you know, all these other places, and specifically when they get to college, even though I guess she followed some of them there, like... Fucking kids. You... You can't... You can't... Because the thing about even you know, a little bit of, of, of the research is she started the Freedom Writers Foundation, which is like a nonprofit organization where she's, you know, trying to, to take these methods all across the country and implement them in different classrooms. You guys know, right, having been in classrooms and been with kids, there's no one-all solution for teaching and there's no one-all solution for, for each kid, right? So, like, not every teacher is going to be able to successfully implement this, but this is also not going to be an effective way to teach all these kids. Because basically the gist that I'm getting, right, we don't get anything else. The class is write in a journal and read the diary of Anne Frank. Like, that's basically the class. Like, I I never, you know, she's she's there's some parts in there where she's like, oh, you know, write in this tense or like... You know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about grammar or something, but like, I don't really get the gist that she's teaching them like English. You know what I mean? Like in terms of like how to write properly, because she's like, I'm not even really grading these books. Like, I'm not really gonna grade your writing because these are personal diaries. So like, you know, we all know that like standardized testing is bullshit, but they still gotta take those tests. (laughs) Like, they still gotta take the SATs to get into college. Like, it's not like. You can turn in your your diary, your freedom writer's diary, and get you know a scholarship. So I don't really know now.
3: <laughs> also, we had, you know there is also the question of at, so at the towards the beginning of when we start seeing the the class, they weren't fucking with her, and like yeah. more than like I, I would say ninety percent of the class just ditched and just didn't come. Yeah, but it right. seemed like a passage of time. So probably. A few months into the year, she didn't have them. So basically, yeah. we're gonna, we're, if you're following this timeline, she only had like the second half of the year where she finally actually caught Won the hearts and minds of these kids. Mm-hmm. That's just one right. class. So if that's,
1: it, well, she it, should and, have and multiple classes. She, she has minimum yeah, five I classes. I don't know who else she's teaching, <laughs> but fuck those kids. They don't, they yeah, do really matter. Mind. Uh, you know, but it's also because, the so my other favorite part of the movie is when the, the, the AP black student yes. is in her class and, <laughs> and uh, old boy's like, so what do you think about the color purple? And then she has literally the only voiceover in the whole film. Like when it started, I was just like, what is happening? Because like no other character has ever had. This, like, Dexter esque voiceover moment where I'm, I suddenly know. What well, she's except, Eva, she's except like,
2: Eva.
1: Yeah. Well, because she's like the narrator of the film. So Ish. I just, every time she was talking, I was like, Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess. O- outside but like,
3: of when they were reading uh, some of the journal entries, we never had that before. Yeah.
1: Outside of yeah. Uh, Eva's uh, narration at the beginning. But yeah. yes. So all of a sudden, she's just like, what do I look like? You know, the spokesperson for black people? Like, you want me to tell you how we all think about the color purple? I'm gonna go to Aaron's class. <laughs> so she leaves the AP class to go to this class with, I guess, her friends? Although, it doesn't seem like, because from what you're telling me, again, just to reiterate, every kid in this class is is just pretty much uh, <laughs> where's my boy Smokey at? Everybody's... <laughs> how she know them where are they hanging out at because they because they're all black so they obviously (laughs) know each other they know each other they are friends because she was like all my friends were telling me about this awesome english class that i just had to get into because she treats her students with respect and i was like i mean if you are like most high school students who are specifically if you're in an advanced placement class there's a reason you're doing that. You're not doing that for fun. You're doing that for you college. You made a choice. Yeah. So you're going to drop out of your honors AP class to take a regular-ass <laughs> English class with the, with the, you know, again, the movie is telling me that these are remedial English students. Some of them, you know, For reason, because they are like you know, Eastall students, right? Like English isn't their first language, but then like some of them, I guess, are just dumb, is what the movie's trying to communicate Mm -hmm. to me. Uh, Like Ben, right? And (laughs) and so, why would she do that? Because she like why would she drop? She's
0: not a fan of the work of she needs those credits. She's not a fan of the work of Alice Walker. She's like, you know what? I I've read too much
1: excellent literature. I guess so. I want to read some t- she's... Uh, uh Terry McMillan. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the so let's let's talk about the book. So like the book that <laughs> And this ties it to a larger board, but the book that she finds at Barnes oh, Noble, borders. I guess, is like it was Borders. Sister- it was books. I was it like, boarded, man, I
4: remember that bookstore?
1: Because it was like Sister Soldier. Basically, it was yeah, like a like yeah. a like a like a kid, <laughs> like a teenage black kid with no shirt on and a do rag. I forget the name of it. You know, thug thug something probably. <laughs> it, was and called like even... it was called gangbanging.
0: It was called gangbanging by Are really? Rob- no, you no, serious? No, no, no. <laughs> because oh, okay. <laughs> i went
1: if you remember the the convenience store scene with the murder yeah. like my dude is playing some mortal kombat it's novel. not mortal kombat but like, it's i forget what they combat yeah yeah it's it's something it's it literally says something combat on it and it's just like <laughs> come on y'all like you could do better than this. <laughs>
0: but it, so it's but, trying to emulate
1: so, like sister soldier yeah. times but it's like, so it's like a sister soldier as book, but like the whole time, right? This is, this is one of the issues with these movies and like also their real life practice of all this, right? Because like, okay, yes, objectively again, and Frank and Frank diary, that does have value, right? And like, I can see how it could affect kids not to say that, you know, like, oh, get that out of here. Like that's not having any real effect on them, but like, you know, these kids also probably would have liked. I don't know, Native Son or Invisible Man (laughs) or Their Eyes Are Watching God or anything by any myriad of black writers and authors you could have given they probably would have sign off
4: trust. the rights to this movie if i'm being completely be honest I, <laughs> I can see like the estate of anne frank being like oh yeah for this movie with like helping the negroes yeah you can use diary." And frank but i think like if, if they were to go to some of those authors or the estate of like ralph ellison and stuff they'd be like let me read this script and see what bullshit y'all doing <laughs> no no we're right. not doing it we're not approving it
0: that sounds that sounds real to me actually
3: yeah, like this was the I scripts? mean, they, listen, these, no. what, these, what these kids wanted and what they needed was some Toni Morrison. You know, that's what this movie yes. wanted and needed, and that's what they got.
1: Well, because the thing about how all these things are structured, right, is like the ultimate message the filmmakers <laughs> and Hillary Swank will tell you that the message of the movie is that, you know, all, all kids need is a chance. And like, man, if you just like, you know, pay attention to these kids and show them some love and care and compassion, like they can do anything. What the movie is telling me, though, is that the only positive role models in the lives of these kids are this white teacher and Anne Frank. (laughs) It's two white people. And one of them is dead. Two two white people and one of them is dead. The only people, because like you're saying, my my dude, uh, when, when the woman who sheltered Anne Frank comes to the school, he's like, I never told anybody this before. But you're my hero. <laughs> I, I appreciate the old white woman's immediately like, "No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no." <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say that to me again. Uh, <laughs> she's pivoted out of it real smooth, but it's just like there's no like the way that these movies like to paint, you know, poor people and you know teenagers and specific and in, in the sense of like, you know, oh, like what what hard environments they come from. Like nobody gives a shit about them and all that stuff. But the thing this movie doesn't do, right, the closest it gets is when Eva is just like, but you're white, you know, (laughs) like I saw white people do all this fucked up shit to my family. So I don't even know what you're talking about. Like that whole scene. Hillary Swank doesn't like she pivots out of that so smooth as to never have to address any systemic issues and just puts it back on the kids for basically being hateful people (laughs) and ignorant people you know what i mean and i'm just like wait a minute hold on a second i mean there's because brandon like you're saying no go ahead ahead. oh no because i was gonna say like you're saying like this look again diary and frank great enjoy it right are these kids eating breakfast Mm -hmm. you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like do these kids have bus money reliably to get to school you know what i mean like All of these things that you're doing, you're raising all this money to bring the woman who sheltered Anne Frank over here, which is, you know, a feat, I guess. But also, like, could that money not have gone to getting my man some new school clothes who comes up in front of the whole class and tells you that he's homeless and he's wearing the same clothes from last year? Could you not have brought him a new wardrobe? This brother is living in a box. You need to (laughs)
4: buy that sparkling, sparkling, you know, Martinelli's. (laughs) I was just like, you know, those Martinelli's ain't cheap. Yeah. the thing with education though is especially when it comes to fundraisers and I'm not going to call it any specific schools, but they are used to people in power use that shit to siphon off money for their own gains like there's this movie called Bad Education with mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman about like the corruption in uh, Long Island city with uh, this mm-hmm. principal and this like secretary like spending all this money from the school district, right but that's not uncommon. that's everywhere like because the certain people in high ranking positions know how to Especially in the cash situation, they know how to get some of that. So I'm not That's, saying Hillary Swain's character yeah. was robbing these kids blind, but uh, <laughs> I think, there, like they said, I think there's something sinister <laughs> afoot in this fucking.
1: Well, because the the insane thing about that whole like montage where she's raising this money is, you got the one again, the one hating teacher who's just repeatedly going into the principal's office, and it's like, you see what she's doing now? She's raising money. Are you gonna stand for this? Are you gonna let her buy books for these kids? Are you gonna let her bring a, a Holocaust survivors to our school? Are you gonna let her get away with this? And like I would have just fired her after a while <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just like you need to calm down <laughs> for one It's just like, hey, for- this woman is having positive outcomes. <laughs> yeah, we can't have that shit. We can <laughs> We've got an image to uphold. We gotta we gotta make sure that people know that this integration should be the way to go. Only gonna...
3: for the only for the honor white students. That's it.
2: <laughs> the honor white students.
1: <laughs> but I wanna get your all opinion on this because what unsettled me most about this movie, and I was telling Cameron this earlier, is like this is this is such a white Ooh. movie. And it's very white. In two specific instances, and like every time they're on screen, I just could not, I could not. So like Hillary Swank is perfectly cast as perky, upbeat white teacher, mm. and like after a while, I just was like, I, I can't, I can't watch this anymore, just because she's like so. That speech that she gives to Mario, where he's coming in, and she's just like, "You better fucking get it." Yeah, together. she says fuck. She's like, "What it's this? some saying...
0: kind of fuck you to me?" And I was like. Hold your britches, hold your horses. What the, <laughs> yeah, who the fuck let, do you I'm think not you're talking let to? You fail. <laughs> yeah, and then she turns it around. She turns it into I'm working for you, and I
4: was like, Wait, what? Yeah. What? And Mario's just like, You're right, yeah, you're so right. Mario, but you know what? Mario, like, there I'm there sorry, might I'm be something genius. deeper there. There might be something deeper there. He, you know, like Justin said, she <laughs> i have been getting yeah, along yeah, with yeah, those students.
3: I'm gonna say this: when I worked at the school, and I work with these, and I work with some of these kids, like half the time you know, the kid, uh, the teachers were babying the kids. And a lot of these were young black, you know, well, uh, kids, you know, people of color, you know, English, second language and things like that. Mm -hmm. So the people were babying them. When I worked there, I was in college, so I was raw, didn't give a fuck. So when these kids were, were on the dumb shit, I'd be like, yo, pulling something, you know, what the fuck is going on with you? Mm-mm. But for some reason, just like, said like, they fired me two weeks later. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But but that, then it, but the kids did actually open up to me and they respect me because I talked to them on their level as opposed yeah. to speak to them like everybody about it, like, like they were like they didn't know anything going around. So like I it, it, with that scene, I was like, we're this kind of truth in that scene. But if that's the way she's gonna run that class she had to start that from the beginning yeah, you' don't, you don't time. just yeah you don't just turn that switch and then you become like the like yo I'm gonna I'm play it to you real when you freaking little house on the prairie you know uh, for the last two and a half years that doesn't work you have to be you had to have been that person that the, the kids was like oh I can't fuck around in uh, mm-hmm. Mrs. G's class. And, and then, like, they grow that respect for you. so be, Because if right. you try to pull that shit later on, they'll be like, you hear this fucking hokey-dokey bitch talking to me outside the classroom? <laughs> Somebody hit this bitch in her tit. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to work like that.
1: Well, because it's like she's... Like you're saying, yeah, this is exactly right, Justin. The whole time, it's, it's interesting to see... What ex- Like, what do you think is exactly the turning point in this movie? Is it when she brings them to the Museum of Tolerance? Yeah. Is it when she calls them Nazis? I, I, think like, I think it's. I think it's the Museum their of Tolerance. Their ways?
3: I think it's no. I, I I think it's the line where she shows them that they're yeah. not too. They're not that much different from each mm-hmm. other. So she's trying to build a commonality between them. I mean, she that, tries, I think that's but I, I
0: feel it doesn't. It doesn't hit the kids like fully until. Like Marcus comes out of the Museum of Tolerance like, I wasn't tolerant before, but now I'm pretty tolerant. <laughs> like he said, he pulled the, he pulled the card. he put the card in the machine and saw like, you know, they, at the Museum of Tolerance, <laughs> they have this whole exercise where they make you like live out as uh, uh, a Jew on the, on the, in the internment camp. And it's like, I was a little girl named Millie. And now I'm a man named Marcus.
3: Like, <laughs> my little boy is dead. I need to call David Ruffin and apologize to him. The
4: voiceovers were fucking well, wild. They like they were nonsensical, and yeah, it's like they didn't. They, they, yeah. it. it was
0: like <laughs> it was just like this person on screen. Oh, that nigga's thinking now. Like it was like oh okay okay
4: cool. <laughs> Did we ever get a Hillary Swank voiceover? Even no. though she's prominently featured, it's like they tried not to make her the main character, but yeah. she was the main
1: character. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, she's definitely the the centerpiece of the movie. Again, so much that she has a a white love story in the middle of these these kids, you know, like shooting up in the middle of the street. Like the 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 transition from her first reading the the journals into that whole montage about like all of their lives was some of the wildest things (laughs) I've seen watching movies on this podcast because it's just it's such an abrupt left turn from everything that you've seen before. That, like, you go from these kids and you're like, oh, okay, like, I, I think I kind of get what's going on here. Like, yeah, like, drugs, gangs, etc whatever. Like, have you ever seen a dead body? <laughs> like, do you know what it's like <laughs> to be on with, withdrawal from cocaine? Like, every, every kid, it's like the most egregious, like, hood story, one after the other, after the other, after the other. Except for Ben, who I guess is just like, I want to see Ben's home life. I wonder what's going on. Uh, he He's living he's living <laughs> like that kid
0: in uh same kind of different as me. He's playing TV on the TV next to the TV playing. Oh, the on the blind side? On the blind side of me. Sorry, he's playing video games on the TV yeah. right next to the real TV in the house. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm just doing I my thing know what here. he's
1: talking about when he goes home, when he tells his parents about his day at school. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, wait, wait, what do they have you doing with niggas? <laughs> Have you ever heard of Tupac, Mom? It's a shut up, Mom. Too busy listening to that. Yeah, that's what it is. At school, we had a crump circle. I don't know what what it is. Yeah, pass the casserole. I think that's that's just what it like. That's just what made me so upset about this movie. Is just how many times we we get because it's it's exploitative, right, of these kids stories and their pain, right? And then on top of that it's telling you that the only thing in their lives worth holding on to is this classroom and Hillary Swank like that's it that's all they have like again yo who makes the speech at the at the toast for change who's just like i didn't have shit before i came to this classroom my mom got evicted uh i i, have, I don't have new clothes i thought everybody was going to laugh at me but you're my family, <laughs> and like that's just kind of the repeated thing, time after time, where they're just like, yeah, this is it. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing else going on in your life. We're just closing on Hillary
4: Swank's face all the time when she's hearing these stories. Just like, yes. Yes, tell me more. <laughs> like, and then she'll go home to her, <laughs> her husband or her dad and be like, "Can you believe the life these kids live?" It's
3: like, yeah, they're poor. They're in <laughs> the school system
4: sucks.
0: What's crazy is it, like, and yeah, she's spooning
3: f- caviar into her mouth. The, the husband does <laughs> have a Point. The
0: husband is like, "Yeah, these kids are fucking destitute." And she's like, "It's crazy. It's it's insane that the system works this way." And she's like, and he's just like, "I guess I got to get three jobs." <laughs> Yeah, I guess so, <laughs> I have to get a second job. I have to understand what it's like to be them.
1: He's like, I, I got to say though, my man, my man was slipper though because she was telling about all these benefits and he was not taking advantage of those like hotel stays and oh, like all God. the other shit that he had access yep. to. He should have just been. It's clear he was not working because every time that she came home, he was sitting <laughs> in city with the chips. <laughs> you know what I mean, he man, was playing I GTA, was like I could have been and, something. Uh, <laughs> I could have been a <laughs>
3: All he was sitting there thinking, but he was just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, these kids are having it real hard." But you know, it's also real hard. Me, <laughs> and <laughs> I like, I
0: gotta get these crayolas. I gotta get these crayolas. I gotta go to Office Depot. Excuse me, sorry.
1: I have places to be. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the last the last thing for me that I just was like, "God damn it!" <laughs> like, I don't know why you've decided to 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 play it this way. Is that like every every time like you were like okay I get it like I get it right like I, I understand what's happening in this movie there was a there was a need for a white person to come on screen and just like be like a like a villain you know what I mean like there there had to be levels to it so it's not Erin's not just good she's not just doing a good thing she's the only He's one the best thing that's gonna the happen she's rising He's above games. every her entire race. Because because there's the scene where she's just like she's casually having lunch with the um, other teacher and she's like trying to like explain what's going on. It's like, oh, no, I'm racist. Like, <laughs> do, 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 the, yo, I'm sorry. Did that, I did that tell that about me? That <laughs> scene was so funny. It feels
0: like it feels like what, like Wednesday during the shoot schedule. Right. It's just like, all right, we're going to get some teacher extras and it's just you two. And it's really just him. And, and and go and go and actually it's like just like they it's like they almost told the other teacher to like improv racism they're like you hate these kids it's like i was looking at the script and uh, it says i just rant about these kids there's no like dialogue it's like yeah 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 just go for it uh, and then he was just like he looked at it mulled it over and was like can i say nigger <laughs> <laughs> um well, it, see what you see what you're
3: feeling just see what see get froggy with it Feel the, froggy. Thing, the thing about it was the fact is like she's talking about like you know if if i can just have you on my side whatever he's sitting there this sandwich like niggers are the <laughs> are the waste of society he literally is but i'm not that. done there <laughs> Uh, the, the the S's And the, and the C's Oh <laughs> like, man I'm gonna say this, the guy,
0: this guy is literally <laughs> eating a sandwich And he was like hold my beer <laughs> Hold on <laughs> Hold on a second yep. I got some thoughts
1: and Hillary Swank is just like, oh, yo, I can't believe you're saying these things. Like, and like the all the teachers behind them are just like, he dabbed the corners of know. his
3: mouth, and he was uh, he was just like, let me tell you something about the blacks, they don't deserve rights. Yeah. Yeah. I, know, I know these kids. That
4: that guy was just a piece of shit. Like when she's like presenting like the case to be with the kids through junior senior year, he's just like, she's in the middle of a divorce. I was like, Jesus (laughs) Christ.
0: And they even played it. They played it the way that it's supposed to be played, which is like, the fuck you just say? If you don't take (laughs) this. <laughs> like she literally turned to him, like I'll beat your ass. Yeah, he was like, has yes. no love at home." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she.
3: She's like, "This bitch is just trying to get herself a family because she ain't got no family God, at home." That's <laughs> what's happening here. She's
0: that's trying like to fuck these the rage kids. What I'm like, telling you, she's literally like, "I want to teach these kids for another year." No, no. <laughs> like he shook. He
3: was like, "Oh."
1: Well, that's so. That's the other scene is at the end where she's trying to campaign for that, and the uh, the the mean white lady who's hating on her the whole movie is like visibly shaking while she's like explaining her case yeah. and she's just like you know you think you're the only one that cares about these kids you think you're the only good teacher at the school and you could just feel like the white rage just like building and like vibrating off of her body <laughs> and that's what it's just like you this because it, it felt like we watched ghost of mississippi recently and obviously seeing that james woods was not acting <laughs> And it was actually a huge racist. You know what I mean? Like I just red flags are. Yeah, right every on time James was like
0: someone said, he was like, Are we rolling yet? The day would end he'd just be like, okay, Are we rolling? Yeah. Did we did we shoot I'm just gonna read from my did we diary? Did shoot anything? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> let me just let me just improv. Him Y'all catch that part where I shot uh, that guy? But, <laughs> <laughs> but like it felt like they were too good at that. Like, Hillary Swank and that other woman were just too good at just being, like, peak white woman, and I was very uncomfortable with just how effortlessly that seemed to be coming off. Because, like, this is – you're pulling from something real here. Like, this is not you just, like, you know – there was some some method acting at play there that I was just like, I don't know if this is – how this is a, supposed to be playing at home, but to me, I <laughs> <laughs> both not. I feel like I should lock the door. Both. Like the cops are coming. Like she's she's seen me. Both those other English <laughs> teacher I characters like safe. I
0: feel like they just like hung out in a Walmart and just studied. They were just like, all right, who who getting mad? Who getting mad? How how, how do I get mad? How who's, do I, calling yeah, who, who's calling the manager? Who's calling the manager? Who doesn't like standing too close to a black person? I yeah. need to study that behavior. <laughs>
1: I think, okay, this is my last point, because, yeah, like, the movie itself dances around racism, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and, like, the actual, like, systemic issues at play when it comes to school systems, because, you know, people think about New York City, New York State, very progressive place, most segregated schools in the country, yep. you know what I mean, like, that's, like, still happening today, like, it, was, it wasn't it was a thing that just kind of cropped up over time, When you look at the way that we fund schools today, right, like those low income schools, those black and brown kids, they're not getting any of this money. And that's on purpose. That's not a mistake. And when you think about even just like now with like CRT stuff happening, you think about all these, you know, trans and and gay rights bills that are being targeted at, at kids, and you and you see just how like intentional it all is. Like it's not a mistake. Like these are adults making Very intentional decisions about how we're going to treat these kids. And for this movie to say, you know, but if these kids were just a little bit more tolerant of each other and like maybe read a book or two, like I think it could turn around for them. And it's like, no, dog, like that's not what's going to happen, because even even. mini rant right like back in 2016 where all the it's it's not birdie but it's all the birdie supporters who are telling me about how good he was for me specifically as a black person and how like free college was going to be like such a a great you know thing for for all the blacks right and i was like right but like if my name is laquania it doesn't matter how many phds i have because i'm getting screened out of the interview process Because my name is Lekwania, that's not a thing that education is gonna fix. If I go to a bank and try to get a loan to start my business, and my name is, you know, Terellius, I'm not gonna get a loan. Like all of these things that are, are again intentional. They're not. It's not a mistake that I'm not getting a loan. It's not a mistake that I'm getting screened out of this. It's not a mistake that you are relegating me to these spaces and places where you don't have to think about me or bother with me after the fact like all of that is on purpose and so anytime that i see these movies and they're just like yeah but the kids can really do better right and it's like why are we not talking about the adults in the situation like you're the ones who are fucking up like ruining these kids lives and you're taking zero responsibility and even in this situation where aaron is like you know i'm gonna get three jobs and like do all this other stuff it's like we've been saying. It's like, yeah, but like, does that kid need a sandwich? Is that something that's beat like a need that's being met? Like all these other just simple, basic, day to day needs. I think what the or thing is, like, here, but you...
3: is when it really comes down to it, this movie is basically pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's what mm-hmm. this movie is saying. Is like you can do it if you if you're willing to work hard enough, and that's yeah. all this movie is saying. And this white woman was willing to work three jobs to teach these kids, so she was able to teach these kids. This kid was able to read Anne Frank, even though they're illiterate, so they were able <laughs> to change their whole mindset to then, to then be a functional human in society. These kids were able uh, to raise enough money to bring, uh, to bring a, the Holocaust um, a savior from all the way from Switzerland, so therefore, they were able to find compassion. That's like in if extraneous work,
0: circumstances. Like it, if, if you're in a situation where somebody cares for you enough, somebody has the wherewithal to, you know, raise money, get a job at a hotel so they can buy you books. Like otherwise, you're fucked, fam. Like pretty th- much. That's right. kind of what like... the movie is saying and or doesn't realize <laughs> it's saying there's because there's no there's no these there's movies no people only, of
1: color in this movie. There's no people of color in this movie who care about these kids. like no, no, Not one yeah, ever nope. makes an attempt to do anything helpful or positive for any of the yeah. kids in this movie. The one kid's mom is just like, I mm-hmm. guess you're back. Please carry the groceries mm-hmm. in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eva's mom is like, I'm, I'm too busy doing whatever she's doing to really give a shit. Also, your dad's in jail. Uh, Mario's mom, I guess, is like... C- like, a like a tonic on the couch. <laughs> yeah, she I can't even, even look like- at you
3: because you look like your I was not dad. sure...
1: He just poured some Kool-Aid and left. Uh, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> so you just are just like, I guess it's this white woman. I guess she's the only one she's that's only giving him any positive pos- reinforcement. It's Stockholm. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into a little bit of the behind the scenes about this movie. Because there are some interesting things that uh, I feel like if you compare the real life story to what happened in the movie... Um, it's again it's it's interesting because like the way that it's described and the way that they would like you to believe is that it's it's straight from the diaries like they pulled straight from the diaries they they interviewed all the original freedom rider kids so like a lot of the dialogue from those um you know montages and flashbacks are i guess pulled straight from their real life experiences i don't know how you got those like the worst of the worst stories like that seems like it's a little it's it's like yeah you know what i mean like if you if there's 150 which is they there's 150 kids in the class um so if there's 150 diaries to pull from i guess odds are if you're only reading five you could probably find some very sad stories. stories but like yeah but so much of it was just like but this is like there's a little something extra on some of these. I don't know if these. Oh, there's definitely are some spice verbatim straight some out of some the diary stories. Yes, um, but yeah, I mean that's you know that's the thing that Richard Lever- levergrains was telling you is like, oh yeah, like I I just wrote what these kids had already written. Like I was I wasn't putting words in their mouth. It was basically straight from them. But there is some interesting pushback because the people from uh, the high school. Right, uh, from Wilson, who taught alongside Aaron, grew Not all of them had good things to say about Uh-oh. her or about the movie. Oh, your, your girl, um, so, Justin, your girl. So, so this is from a L.A. Times story about the Freedom Riders in the, in the movie, and so it says the Freedom Riders' girls, 150 students who named themselves for the civil rights group, included Caucasian and middle class students as well as the critics pointed out. One was the popular football quarterback. And Wilson's high students also came from affluent east side neighborhoods with waterfront mansions and plenty of teachers at the high school helped grow in her cause. Right. So maybe not all those kids were uh, gangbanging, as Smokey likes to say, and maybe not all those kids were poor, and maybe not everybody was a hater, like the movie would like you to believe. Grille and Levergane stress that the movie takes place from 1993 to 1998, when Long Beach and Wilson High were much tougher than they are today. Grille says her classes were, as they appear in the film, predominantly made up of African-Americans, Latinos, and Asians. The white middle-class students, Grille says, only joined afterwards spread of her teaching methods. As for the gritty look of the film, Grille says the classroom in the movie is an exact replica, and that filming couldn't take place at Wilson because the school district demanded too high a location fee from Paramount Pictures. Uh, So they had to use some other places. It is interesting in the movie where you see her walk into her class for the first time. You look across the hall at like AP teacher and it's just like white (laughs) pristine room, you know, mean with like the newest. And you go into her classroom and it's just like somebody like beat the shit out of it before she walked
0: in. The art department just (laughs) punched the walls.
1: Yeah. You know, put a few bullet holes in the desk. Um, So... (laughs) She goes on to say that people who make comments don't know the true story. And when you take subject matter of intolerance, we have to look at every single angle of a story to bring it to life. When it comes to the complexities of race, people need to talk about the fact that this is an enormous city that has been compartmentalized. Um, And so there's a lot of talk about how, you know, the city was gentrified since, you know, the movie was filmed and like a lot of things changed over time. So you can't really look at the school as it is today and compare it to how it was back then. But, there are some teachers who are just like come on so one of the teachers uh, who was an English department teacher disagrees with the portrayal of the events of the scene basically where she's, she's trying to get the books right she's just like oh like can I get Romeo and Juliet and you're like you can get the dumb version uh, <laughs> you can shut this like, up maybe <laughs> <laughs> She was like, "But what are all these books doing on the shelf? If I can't give them to my kids," and she's, you know, mm-hmm. she's like, "Get out of here," basically. Um, but so the scene where Swank suggests the classroom me and Juliet uh, Campbell, who was basically like the head of the department, um, suggests that you know, like, there's not really any reason why you can't have these books. You know what I mean? Like she, she came in and she. Uh, Guerrero came in, the real life girl came in, she, she requested a book, um, and they ordered her a bunch of copies for it the following year. There's also, you know, situations where, again, basically like Guerrero suggests that there's just a lot of haters, right? There's a lot of people who didn't like the fact that she was taking the kids on all these field trips, so they didn't like the fact that she dressed a certain way, and they didn't like that she was getting all this attention. Um, and it's interesting to kind of see how how much of what she she has to say about the experience is just like, well, you know, it wasn't quite like that. you know, there, there's some slight differences, but also, motherfuckers was hating right like they they didn't they they wanted to be me they wanted to kind of have this effect with the kids that i was having you know so like while there wasn't you know any situations that were as extreme as the movie you know she does say yeah there was a lot of pushback from people because they they didn't necessarily want to put the resources and the time into but at the the same time doesn't you know hollywood
3: over embellishes things for you know the story anyhow so that's just a part (laughs) exactly that's just a part of it so like, you know, there's, you know, it is what it is, it, you know, for people to be like, Oh, it, it yeah. really wasn't like that. It was like, well, of course it wasn't. But the once a hybrid yeah. screenwriter got a, a, a hold of it, it became like that for the movie.
1: Yes. So I think if if we're going to get to the, to the biggest part of this whole situation, and I think I'm, I'm trying to really, you know, ref, get the facts because there's a lot of stuff that people will say that you look it up on the internet and you're just like, all right, you know, I, maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. Allegedly. There go and, <laughs> and, and potentially devastating if true uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to, to verify it. Eric Gruel, not necessarily a white woman, but a, A white Latina, uh, a mixed white uh, Mexican woman. That's where the movies came from. (laughs) -hmm. And, you know, I just, you know.
3: Why the fuck you lying? Why you (laughs) always lying? lying? Oh my
2: God. Stop fucking lying.
1: It just makes you wonder, right? Because if she is who she's purported to be, right? Like... Yes, Hilary Swank is a big movie star. So, of course, you know, you want to get her in the movie. She had just won an Oscar, right, for Million Dollar Baby. She's the catalyst for a lot of, you know, this film getting made. Like, there's a lot of talk about her loving the script, reading the script, really wanted to make the movie, right? But at the same time, if you wanted to get a Latina actress for this movie, I think you could have done that, right? I don't know if it changes the savoriness of the movie, but, like... I think it's a different movie, right? Like, if she's not just a white woman coming in here telling these kids to get their shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but like, <laughs> no. I don't know if it's a better movie, but I think it's it's less of like a you know if she is if she is um, Penelope Cruz for example. Yeah, that's a movie. I mean, I mean like, if she
4: Penelope Cruz, she like, definitely fucking those kids because those those boys are going to be relentless.
0: <laughs> I, I am taking myself out of class. If Penelope Cruz is my teacher, I'm like, I can't be in there. <laughs> yeah, Why can't you look at her? Um, She's gorgeous. My teacher is gorgeous. I have to leave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to get you guys out of here on this. Uh, we have to put this on our Caucasity ranking system, right? And so we've got three levels of Caucasity. So the first level of Caucasity <laughs> is shorts in the winter. <laughs> and that's like okay, you know, this movie isn't hurting me. It's not doing any real harm, but I, I got questions, right? Like curious as to why you're doing it. It's, it's not a question of whether or not it's cold outside. There's snow on the ground. <laughs> I can see it. you still made the decision to come out here in Birkenstocks and, and open you toes, you know, billabong shorts. Uh, and so, you know, <laughs> like, okay. Not the worst thing I've ever seen, but definitely something that I'm 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 questioning. Cameron, what's the second level? Uh, the second level is this movie's touching my hair. So this, this movie probably didn't ask. This
0: movie probably already knuckled deep before he even opened his mouth. This movie has like now made an, atta- an attack, an act of violence. This is soft attack. I'm not bleeding,
1: but my soul is bleeding. Yes, and the third level of Cassidy for this week definitely just has to be the white takes on Chris Rock and Will Smith, just the the strong outpouring of morality, right, where, like, look, it, most black people, and most people who went to public school, like, that's fifth period, right? Somebody right. just walked up and smacked a person, you're just like, damn, tough. Tough day to be <laughs> you, but uh, <laughs> a lot of white people, just really, they can't believe they that. They could not. You know,
0: How dare... Oh my, clutched the pearls. Thug of,
1: yeah, the thug of the year, Will Smith. Keep Will Smith. Most away dangerous from your man kids. in America. Yeah. And so this is the level where it's just like, you know what you're doing. You're doing it on purpose. You're not trying to hide it. You know what I mean? This is all just you coming out, peak caucasity as, as high as you can go uh, without really any fear of consequence. And so. Where do you feel like Freedom Riders lands on this, Brandon? You want to take it first.
4: I'm gonna go with uh, the middle one. Uh, what was that? Uh, the touch of my hair. Touch of my hair. Yeah, I'm gonna go with touch of my hair because it's yeah. it's yeah. There's there's a lot of white problematic story elements and white saviorness in this movie, but it's also just a bad movie. Like everyone was bad. Like the people of color were bad. The white <laughs> people were bad. The story was it didn't make any sense. As uh, an educator. I'm just like her story. This is this is a small nugget of her whole story as an educator. And the fact that they didn't talk about what it was like her dynamics with the other groups of students and why she was able to just go with this one group. Like there's so many things that had to be worked around to make that happen. If that's a legit story, it's just if it, there, there, there was way more interesting stuff that they could have talked about. Um, but yes, there was a lot of white centeredness, especially with Patrick Dempsey and Hillary Swing. I didn't care. I didn't care she she's getting divorced. She she gonna
1: be fine. No, we 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 never <laughs>
3: care. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to go with Brandon on this one. I think is I, I think it's touching my hair. Um, you know, you know, without the permission, and uh, at the, you know, <laughs> middle of the day, just just saying, oh wow, that it it feels so different. Um, she, well, they really just tried and really tried to make her work uh, for us and uh this was just a mess it was just a mess i mean the you know the student stories like they i they tried to you know touch my inner blackness and just be like i mean isn't this terrible but at the same time i'm just like yeah but What's really fucking going on here? It it it, 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 it just it everything just yeah. felt very disconnected uh in the film. And um but like I felt like to make this extra extra egregious we would have needed a scene where this white woman went to one of the kids house and told their black mother you know what I'm saying <laughs> that's what would have set it over we didn't quite have that scene because she really had no actual besides the kid she had no contact with any any uh black adults so i think if she if we would have had that no. it would it would have quickly went into slap mode
1: but that was mm. that would basically yep. be Dangerous Minds. Like there's a scene in Dangerous Minds where Luang goes over to the black grandma. The only the only black grandma in the history of the world who doesn't yep. care about education doesn't give a like, shit about
0: the kids. Know,
1: our theory is that she was selling drugs and she Ooh. needed those kids on the corner. And that's why she was like, Why are you here asking about, you know so and so? Because we <laughs> gotta we gotta get this work going out so like you can just go back to whatever yep. whatever school you come from. Um, <laughs> well, um all right so guys thank you so much for joining us uh really appreciate you guys coming on definitely thank one you. of my favorite podcasts okay. to listen to every week yeah, so it's so much fun uh, it's, it's, yeah it's great to have you guys on with us um so tell us a little about about where we can find you guys online what you guys are up to uh what people should be looking out for
4: yeah, y'all can follow me in AmericanCollins, AmericanCollence.com for for shows I got going on. Uh, and then you can follow medium popcorn and BDMP podcast and P on all social media platforms. We have a YouTube channel. You can subscribe to that because I have celebrity interviews. We have our our movie reviews up there. So there's a lot of content over there. Or mediumpopcorn.com if you're really interested in Justin and i's hot takes on a lot of movies, new and old. It's a fun show. It is crazy. So I'm just prefacing that <laughs> for your listeners. It's it's completely bonkers, but hopefully you will find it entertaining and save a few bucks. If you like, you know, we tell you not to see a movie.
3: Yeah, guys, and you can follow me at J Brown did it on Twitter and Instagram. Uh And, you know, like Brandon said, you know, me and popcorn.com, you know, Twitter and Instagram, we're, we're, we're everywhere. And uh we just here for the
1: nonsense. <laughs> dig it, dig it. Things to recommend. Cause I mean, what still bothers me about this movie is the fact that we start with the 92 riots Mm-hmm. And there's no context given for that, and there's really no like how how was that affecting kids and like affecting the neighborhood because like one of the things that it's not really spoken about, you know, and you're just supposed to infer specifically is like the violence between uh, blacks and Asians at that time because that was a big part of those riots. Within, yeah, like in those neighborhoods, mm-hmm. there was a lot of you know either uh, Korean or Chinese. Uh, owned stores and you know either like the it's like so obviously if you've seen menace to society or you know this movie (laughs) specifically right like in in the scene where they're in the corner store like a lot of those places were were owned by asian families Mm -hmm. and during the riots there was a lot of just just general violence right like there was a lot of unfortunate incidents where people were just you know breaking things and tearing shit up and you know a lot of people lost their businesses some people died um and i think there's zero context given as to why there's that much like hostility and tension between everybody and i think those those events were a big part of that and so there's the podcast slow burn which just wrapped up recently, Mm -hmm. um and the latest season is is all about those riots and, like, really getting into, you know, the the minutiae of it. I mean, if you've listened to Serial, if you like Serial, it's very much a Serial-esque podcast in terms of, like, breaking things down from all angles and interviewing a lot of different people, mm. trying to shed light and context, because it's, it's 30 years since, you know, those events. And I think that, you know, specifically for a situation like this, I mean, you really, this and, surprisingly enough, uh, the O.J. Made in America documentary spends a lot of time dissecting those things, too. Um, because, you know, when you, when you see this movie, you're just like, I guess they're all, I guess they're all gangbanging I guess they're <laughs> all just delinquents in the street. And it's not like, well, you I mean, every time, time you see
0: Ava, she, she's literally turning around the corner, running away from the police right. or another gang or yeah.
1: right. And it's like, okay. You know, like you could get very surface level with it and people could just take that as. Sure, they're all just <laughs> living living the gang life in these streets, but LA's LA's gang culture is intricate and complicated. Um, but also like the way that these kids are the the very moment that they're living in because the movie takes place in nineteen ninety four, so it's only two years after those events. And like it's such it had such an impact, you know, on the area. I mean, speaking as somebody who lived here in Baltimore through the uprisings after Freddie Gray was killed by the police, like you can, you can mm-hmm. see the difference, you know, in places that got, go through those kinds of things. And, like, it reverberates throughout time. You know, it, it never really goes away. And so you can just imagine, like, what those kids were still, like, the anger and, like, the confusion and all the stuff that they were feeling. Because when things like that happen, you know, so specifically here in Baltimore, when that happened, like, it was – kids were at the center of it, right? Kids were at the center. Yeah, it was um, it was
0: a youth movement, literally.
1: Yeah, all of the things that kicked off just because, you know, the police were – instigating and pushing them and like not letting them go home Um and tensions just build up and that's the thing like none of this stuff those like the the riots of 92 obviously are about Rodney King but it's not just about Rodney King it's about all the things it's about the problem to Rodney. Yeah. right yeah. you know what I mean so like yes horrible terrible event yes you know the first one really that had been you know videotaped in real time and like spread across you know all these different media platforms and like caught the attention of the nation but like black people knew about that shit since forever because mm-hmm. they'd seen it in real life in real time For their you know entire what I mean? lives. and you see yeah you see Eva you know living through a situation like that where her dad gets pulled out of her house and you know all this stuff and so like the context of a lot of what you're seeing these kids go through you know like when you watch the, the diary segments like it really is just like very bizarre like you're saying Cameron like almost like uh, community theater snippets of like the hood, Whoa. the hood of the play. <laughs> oh my god! You know, and just like it's all egregious. the things that you would, yeah, all the things that you would you would immediately think about. Your mind would jump to when you're just like, oh, kids from from an impoverished you know L.A. neighborhood. Like, I wonder what that's like. Mm-hmm. Here it is. You know, what I mean, everything throughout <laughs> the wall sticks, right? So, yeah, I would definitely recommend listening to that because. One, I mean, if you're just interested in those events, I think it's a really interesting dissection of all of that. But two, this, you know I mean, like things like this get thrown into these movies. I think we can agree a lot of the time when you watch these films, stuff like this is just out of context, just like dropped in and never explained. And then mm-hmm. it, it's almost like <laughs> it's like you're the kids in the class where she's like, you know, the Holocaust. And they're like, the what? One? Yeah, yeah. Was that, Miss Miss Cruel, was that a real thing? The Holocaust? You know what I mean? It's just like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, but <laughs> that, that would be my <laughs> recommendation if I had to recommend something to listen to that, that kind of is, is not necessarily this. You know, it's not about education. It's educational. You're it's educational. Oh, you're going to learn something. Yeah. <laughs> you're not well, going to learn a whole lot from watching do, this movie. Yeah. Yeah, just have to do with this area in this neighborhood. Okay, what, what would you recommend people watch?
0: Um, I think my recommendation is going to have to be a book. I don't even know if I've recommended it on this podcast before, but um it's a YA book. I read it a long, long time ago, and they did make it into a movie recently, but I'm hearing don't watch the movie. Um, I'm talking about um Walter Dean Myers' um Monster. Okay. Uh this book is I think it's from like 2000. Uh it's about a young boy who is caught in the middle of a bodega robbery and he did not commit the crime. He was just the lookout, but he's the only one who gets arrested and he goes to jail. He goes to jail and jail is horrible, so in order to uh, literally uh free his mind, literally to occupy his time, he spends the entirety of his trial, uh, dramatizing the events in a screenplay. And the way you read the book is you read um his events as like narrative, but you also read his thoughts as the screenplay. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. Um it's a more actual take on like urban life because everything isn't gangbanging, it's literally like <laughs> I like my home, I like my bed. I miss my bed. Yeah. I, you know, it's like being a kid. You know, these are kids despite what how they look like in Freedom riders. Yeah. Well. Uh these are like 13-year-old kids, 14-year-old kids and I think this movie mm-hmm. misses that part almost completely oh, sure. with like trying to show you how bad it is, right? And I think yeah. they're trying to do the thing where it's like they're trying to juxtapose how bad their lives are with their surroundings and hopefully their surroundings will make you feel like oh they're just children versus these are human children in a systemically turned horrible environment and they kind of have the uh uh, their priorities fucking screwed up pretty much (laughs) Uh, and this book reminds you that they're really children at the end of the day
1: yeah well i mean spoiler for people who haven't caught up on Abbott Elementary, not the episode that aired this week, but the one that aired last week, um, where it's like, you know, you're 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 waiting on this parent to come, you know, to, to parent-teacher conferences. And, you know, there's all this big deal about, oh, you know, like, I, I thought she really cared about her kid. I thought she really cared about, you know, her future and all this stuff. But it's like, I guess she's just not going to show up, you know. And then you learn that, oh, she's a she's, she's a, a nurse. ER nurse. You know, who yeah. tried to save somebody's life and a lot of the times with you know parents working in the situations like that's why the kids are latchkey kids because yeah, their parents like, work ridiculous
0: in order to keep them alive
1: <laughs> right you know like if you knew the kinds of things that parents had to do you know to keep these kids not not even just alive because that's really not it you know i mean like i think a lot of these parents like feel the need a lot of them are like i want to give kids the things that i never had you know i definitely want to make sure that my kid has access to things that i i never had the ability to have access to but also like they know what it's like right like you can't come to school with knockoff jordans like you can't come to school you know like (laughs) there's a set of rules there's a set of rules that these that the adults don't understand it's not for them necessarily right right But we also like I want to take you on vacations like I want to do all these things like I I want to be there for my kids, but also like the ability for me to provide for my kids is contingent upon me working three jobs, you know, or, you know, doing all these other things. And it's like you think that, you know, because the scene where like she comes in. And or she, she's at her, you know, teacher conference and she looks across the hall and the perfect parents are, are laughing with the, you know, AP teacher and like all that stuff. And then you cut to her classroom and like, you know, nobody's shown up. It's dingified. She's got like this big yeah. Poster that she, yeah. um And it's like an indictment on the parents of these kids, but it's also like, do you know the parents of these kids? Like, yeah. Do you have any idea of like what? Is happening at their home because sure, some of them may not be fit parents, right? But like, a lot of them are, and it, and it's not necessarily contingent upon wealth because if you look at middle class homes, there's a lot of people who probably shouldn't be parents. If you look at wealthy homes, definitely a lot of people who probably shouldn't be parents, and it's not necessarily a, a money factor, but money definitely complicates things and makes things more difficult. You know, if you're if you're lacking the resources to provide, you know, just the the basic needs, right? right and so yeah that's that's another i mean there's a ton of things i could keep bringing up about this movie that just got on my nerves um well let's yeah let's let's reimagine this film um yeah and kind of think about ways to do it i i i definitely believe this is a documentary or if we're going to fix because the problem oh yeah yeah that, one, yeah, that one, i mean that yeah Yeah, the problem with fictionalizing stuff like this, and not to say that documentaries don't sensationalize, you know, with it. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Is that it's, it's, so like part of what the director had to say about the movie, I listened to an interview that he did with the real Aaron Gruel, and it was like, he made the decision to sensationalize certain things, but also put her at the center of it. She claims, again, that she did not, want to be the focus of the movie, that she wanted the movie to focus on the kids and be about the kids. And he was like, well, then we can't have a movie because, you know, we need a main character to kind of center around and, like, you are the centerpiece of this whole situation. You're Guess what, makes what all this
0: stuff go. Sounds so, like this director's bad at making movies.
1: <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because there's uh, various interviews where he said, that he didn't want he he purposefully decided to not make this a white savior movie, and also like knew that Dangerous Minds was kind of the blueprint and purposefully steered things away from Dangerous Minds territory. Mm-hmm. And it's like, did you watch the movie you made though? Because you basically just made Dangerous Minds. <laughs> like, Copy <there's>, and pasted. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know what you thought was happening, but you obviously just made the same movie down to the Uh, soundtrack
0: fam like
1: yeah like basically just did the same thing verbatim um but i think that if you're gonna if you're gonna fictionalize it if it has to be a movie movie then really sure like like we say all the time right like sometimes you can't remove the white saver because that's what it is right like that person did do the thing yeah take them out of the story it's completely different story even though again allegedly uh can't verify but like is she might be a latina she might be a white hispanic um and so <laughs> it's possible <laughs> it's possible um so i mean i don't i don't know if things are solved by again making her you know penelope cruz or somebody of the sort like i don't know I don't if think that so. i don't really think changes so, things yeah. drastically but i do think that there is a way to make her make her not so much of the focal point, like taking away the love, the divorce story. I guess, like the all, everything that had to do with Patrick Dempsey. I was just like, why is he here? Why, why is he here? Is he why here does he, he have that? so many scenes? He's got so many scenes. They're all the same scene where he's just yep. like, oh, until kid, he leaves. You know pretty much, I mean? it's like the exact. Yeah, same Yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm just here chilling basically trying to smash you know in the whole movie like, you know you're you're not putting out so i guess we got to get divorced is what it came down yes. to yes that um, was it that was exactly it so get him out of there get her father out of there who was very creepy and why did to that adjust- character exist it only confused me because i guess i looked away from the movie too
0: long so i was like what the yeah. fuck is
1: yeah, no, I mean it's just like very very off-putting uh because when you see him that scene where he picks up Mario from the projects, I guess. Um Ugh. <laughs> you know, you're just kind of like okay, like you know, Scott Glenn is got a certain look to him that, you know... He was hired for the
0: energy that he conveys. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to cast dispersions on him, but I, I can feel a certain vibe that was certainly being given off. And, like, I guess he's also... like. There's a lot of white people who are there just to, like, come around. Come around to Aaron's way of thinking. Like, she's mm-hmm. convincing them that this is worth it. You know, and that you should really give these kids a chance. And, like why <laughs> <Like> <laughs> what, what is the part again? like i guess it's for white people it's for white people to say oh i i'm being too hard on these kids i'm judging them you know i feel like they are um but what you know, white person is going to turn effort. around and actually
0: be like be self-reflexive enough to say I'm yeah the, i'm the problem yeah. i think i'm um, the problem none, none of mm-hmm.
1: them um cam before we well do you have do you have a way of redoing it
0: i actually kind of did i had like a visual way of uh doing it i mean we're kind of joking when they say they did these community theater versions of them even though they did really yeah, do community, version, community theater versions but uh i'd say kind of go all the way if you're going to do it do it right mm. have these scenes these like dramatic scenes playing out like they're horrible you know lives that they're just, you know, so, so unluckily cast with, right? Do that, but make that the bedrock of the movie, right? Yeah. Make make their actual class journey part of that. And if you got to have that dumb plot with Ava being the witness to, you know, a murder and having to choose the truth or not, like do that. Sure. But have that be a part of like her actually writing in these journals. Like if they're writing for their freedom, show yeah. me that. <laughs> you know, right. don't show me well. <laughs> so much of this. Don't show me so much of this movie. You know, yeah, I, I feel like you could actually have it have your cake and eat it too with these little, uh, these little um writing scenes that are in there. But I, I the movie is concerned with too many other things to actually like focus on what matters here, and it's so unfortunate yeah. because this again. Stories the black and brown people stories the black and brown people with disadvantages in life just are told again from the wrong point of view again and again and again mm-hmm. and this is a blatant this is a this is one of the more blatant examples of it this is one of the more like just yes. weak sad versions of it that are like it's so obviously not trying it's like why invest in the film itself it's really it's really unfortunate we watched some bullshit <laughs> so you don't have to so You don't have to.
1: <laughs> yes well justin brandon had to leave but i still want to play this game with you cameron let's go let's go um let's see what it got across all of our favorites Ooh. imdb amazon Rocky this is gonna Ninos. be tough actually because i feel like motherfuckers like this with... <laughs> Yeah, starting with IMDB. Um what do you out think? Of Ten IMDB. Fuck. This movie is
0: bad, guys. Like this movie is mm. dumb. Uh <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. go with a five. Five point 5. five. Seven point six. Get the fuck out of here.
1: Seven point six might as well people be an loved eight. It. Seven point six. They love I mean, the thing about this movie is that people found the story extremely inspirational. Oh my god. And- they tend to find my bank account inspirational movies. donate yeah. what? help me so you know there's just a lot of like yeah you know I, i'm a teacher and i you know I, I my my life was changed by watching this movie i was in a gang my life was changed from watching this movie okay yeah. i can't verify any of I, these things, I'm, not gonna this yeah, I'm not going to tell anybody i'm not
0: going to tell anybody that life wasn't changed but you know what mine was not changed <laughs>
1: Uh, what about Rotten Tomatoes? God. This is critics' critics' view of this film. So the people thought it was a 7. The movie snobs thought it was a 7.
0: Yeah. 6. Critics.
1: 60? 70. The fuck out of here. You're kidding me. 70%? No. Critics also, I don't know if love is the right word, but tolerated this movie. Just like that um, Museum of Tolerance. They were to like, be... ooh. <laughs> i'm marcus <laughs> yeah i mean there's a lot of jumping around the fact that it's formulaic and you know repetitive yes. and kind of feels like the same movie that you've seen time and time again but i guess the, the story at the heart of it touched people Felt enough different. that they said you know or they liked hillary swank's performance enough or you know enjoyed the kids enough whatever variation of that mm. where they were just like, yeah, I bet this is great. Charisma uh, goes a long so, way. You know? Yeah. I mean, 70% is good. It's it's not fresh, but it's good. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's definitely not rotten. That's the tomato. You make
0: like, like a tomatilla salsa. Like you don't, you don't, yeah. you don't do the whole like, <laughs> you know, chunk salsa.
1: It's get It's definitely getting the pass. It's Ugh, definitely fair. God damn it. You know, um, so then, obviously, you know how our favorite gets down. Amazon.com. Why do you think people received this? A, star, a, a plus,
0: Five stars.
1: What's going on? Yeah. yeah. Come on. I this mean, is... Yeah. Y'all been bamboozled, you
0: hoodwinked. You have been led <laughs> astray, y'all.
1: <laughs> Where they give it they give it the 4.8, but it's That's really a five. five. Um, God, It's got damn. 88% five stars. Um... Same thing, basically. You know, a lot of people just like, man, I love it. it it's really a touching story. Yeah, so color yada, purple yada. for white people. <laughs> you know, but I think that's that's really it, though. So much of it is just like this idea, this this very pie in the sky idea of like, if these kids just had a chance to, you could bring the, uh, learn, you could bring the knowledge out of know, them, you could any, bring anything oh could happen. God. But it's also like. Sure, great, you got the chance to be exposed to these things, these books, um, you know, go on these field trips, do all this stuff, but like we were saying at the end of the day, when it comes time to apply for a job, when it comes time to uh, you know, kind of be in these different spaces, like things are still set up for you to not succeed, like intentionally. And so as as great as this isolated incident might be, like we're saying, not poo pooing you know anybody who found something yeah somebody yeah anybody who that. found
0: joy out of this or you know redemption yeah. maybe I don't or, know
1: or even that Eric gruel did a did a bad thing or is you know not a genuine person like I feel like I've I certainly watched enough interviews and <laughs> TED talks and other things that she's done to see that I I think that she and everybody behind this movie was very earnest and sincere about their intentions sure. but also huge blind spot in terms of like what it really is for kids from these you know circumstances not even just to like quote-unquote make it out alive you know like the the <laughs> idea that they're all gonna get gunned down before they even have. well a i mean one to, kid said know, i turned i school. turned 18 or like you know yeah yeah i yeah. But it's like, in short, a lot of these kids were the first of their families to go to college, you know, and like that's a big deal. But it's also like, you know, by ignoring so much of the things that made it necessary for her to go so far above and beyond to just teach, to just do her job, you know what I mean? Like, it is very much a band aid on like a gaping wound (laughs) that's like, you should probably not yeah not do the things that you're doing but like you could focus a lot of this attention and money and all that stuff here in baltimore you know every year we have stories about how these schools don't have heat or don't have air conditioning you know what i mean and even in new york city you see like tiktok videos of kids of it, like, in fucking in their coats yeah <laughs> canada
0: goose sweaters in their math
1: class you like know. freezing their faces off so, yeah, how's anybody supposed to learn times tables? You when know, they're like, actively <laughs> freezing. You know, like stuff like that is, is still more prevalent than people like to think. Yeah. And the idea that it just takes one good teacher. It's like, it would be nice if it did. And certainly there are people who say, man, if it wasn't for Miss So-and-so, if it wasn't Mr. Such-and-such, you know, who had this effect on me. true. Electomy, true. I've definitely had teachers that I am very appreciative Same. of, but, like, they didn't stop racist things from happening to me. I still got called a nigga <laughs> later. Like, it happened. <laughs> so there is there is the two sides to it where it's just, like, this can be a, a good thing. And, like, you know, bringing out the side of these kids is definitely a good thing. But to, to view it as the solution, right, like the thing that's going to make their lives better without question is kind of like still a lot of yeah. stuff that's happening and still a lot Real of it optimistic. has to do with people. Yeah, a lot of it is coming from people who look like you, you know what I mean? So you can you can try to, you know, Freedom Riders are out of this shit where it's just like, well, I
0: well, you can yeah, dribble a basketball. You know, um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, but, like, I, I went and volunteered at my local high school to, to talk or do yeah. whatever, and it's like, that's great, but like we're saying, you know, did, did that kid also eat that night before yeah, they came did they, to school? Did they get a lunch? You know did you? they get like, a dinner? Are they, you know, are they able to buy a winter yeah. coat for when it's 30 degrees inside of their classroom? Right. You know what I mean? Like, are they able to do... <laughs> the the kind of basic everyday things you know that that kids need that people need mm-hmm. right you know and and if and if all you have for them is a journal, <laughs> like that's it's not going to save them necessarily gonna yeah that's not necessarily going to get the job done. Um, well Kim, let's get us out of here. Uh, tell everybody where they can they can find you on the internet, uh, and tell people what you got going on.
0: Um yeah we still out here you know hustling and grinding uh you can find us on uh twitter and instagram at the blipster 1138 hopefully got something to talk about very soon but in the meanwhile legally okay. i have nothing going on <laughs> so we we we're here we're here
1: <laughs> all right uh and i'm jordan clark you can find me on twitter and instagram at jrsosa jrsosa18 um as i've been saying milestone initiative in effect happening you know doing doing some some pretty cool things over here with dc comics um also samurai sonya from dynamite comics coming out in june we'll have a more specific date soon enough but uh just finished up the second issue and, and getting that sent off so hey, hey. um definitely excited for that uh potentially more comic work in the pipes so you know i'll, I'll announce as it comes along but if you want to get in touch with us, reach out to us, uh, You know, see what's going on with us. You can reach us at white underscore pod on Twitter, or we'll have just all the goings-ons, uh, potential announcements for live shows coming up, um, potential announcements of, of Patreon stuff and merchandise stuff. It's coming, uh, it's coming. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, if you want to reach out to us more in depth, you can hit us up at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com if you want to send us movie recommendations caucasity recommendations uh you just got opinions <laughs> and and things you that you want think to get these jokes know, off like, yeah f- feel free to hit us up we're always we're always glad to hear from you um and you know if you'd be so kind rate review subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice you know apple podcast spotify etc all that stuff it definitely helps us uh, get computers putin, work those algorithms. Get computers you know putin. <laughs> so you know we we definitely appreciate that. Um, and once again, you know, thanks so much to to the good folks at Medium Popcorn for joining us. Um, but we'll be back next week with more caucasity Peace. Peace.
2: can't save us we don't want to be saved can't save us we don't want to be saved can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be safe can't
0: save us we don't want to be saved can't save us we don't want to be saved can't save us
2: we don't want to be saved can't save
0: us we don't want to be saved